Welcome to Storyboard. I'm Lars. I'm Meg. We're here to catch you up on what we've been watching since our last episode and to serve up some spooky Halloween treats. Pull up a chair, baby. important to note that yeah we we're on like an official hiatus but like we've just been both really busy and not obviously been seeing each other in person and so we're just getting the band back together to <laughs> talk about for one <laughs> talk about some, reunion show. <laughs> yeah talk about some halloween watches or recent watches that Lars has to get off her chest <laughs> yep um yeah do you want to dive right in yeah. Um, uh, okay. Or actually, did you have if you have movies that are like not Halloween? I've got um, just a few little. It's kind of a little radar roundup um, kind of thing. Just to I don't know. Have a few if you're not feeling Halloween for some reason. Um, you got you got something to walk away with. Yeah. Well, um, so a couple of uh, I'll do some hits and some misses. Just something I just have to get off my chest. Uh, this is like my confessional. So a real highlight for me was Deep Cover, 1982. I did not know that Bill Duke um, of like Predator and such. I didn't know uh, that he was also a director. Um, so yeah, you got uh, Lawrence Fishburne, Jeff Goldblum. Um, it's uh, if you're going to watch a uh, undercover cop movie, you're going to want it to be directed by Bill Duke and he's going to do it right. I did see that he directed Sister Act 2, so <laughs> I thought that was interesting. And so it also got Babylon, uh, which is a movie I saw last year at Hollywood Theater, and I was hoping to like talk about it on some future episode, and since we don't know when that might be, I thought I would just mention that. Uh, it's uh, It seemed to kind of come out of nowhere. I'd never heard of it, and uh, I think it's on Criteria now, but it's basically about like reggae dance hall scene in London in 1980. And just center around, centers around a group of friends. So it's partly in English, partly in Patois, and definitely a hidden gem. Um, saw a couple of Gene Hackman films. I'm oh. a fan. And so a um, couple that were, I think, on Amazon Prime, The Package from 1989 and Company Business. Uh, and Company Business has Mikhail Baryshnikov. So that was kind of, <laughs> oh. yeah. Um, there, I mean, my bar of what I will watch these days is... Oh, yeah. It's, it fluctuates. You know what I mean? So yeah. I'm like, it's good. They're good movies, but not, you know. But great. there's a reason why no one is like unearthing that and from yeah. the from the from the vault necessarily. Yeah, it's it's like, not- <laughs> like, like it would have been maybe a thumbs up Siskel and Ebert's kind of like Castle <laughs> like, Rock well, production. That's all we got. Yeah, <laughs> but they're not uh yeah, pulling like putting it into the criterion quite yet. <laughs> um also uh black moon rising 1986 oh um, i saw that i, I want to hear your thoughts okay. on that one yeah um again i thought it was like a perfectly fun um movie tommy lee jones and linda hamilton and the co-written by john carpenter so i had to watch oh. it i was like have i never heard of this yeah i didn't realize and it definitely like had a carpenter vibe on the music so i can't remember if he had anything to do with the music but it definitely had his vibe on that too 
And yeah, um, I thought that was fun. Some of these also are, oh, okay, I'll do some more good ones and I'll kind of get into the questionable ones. <laughs> um, so, um, oh yeah, I watched Vibes, 1988, Cindy Lauper, Jeff Goldblum, our psychics to go to Ecuador with Peter Falk to find a fabled city of gold. <laughs> um, that was fun. I enjoyed it. I didn't know uh, Peter Falk was in it, so it was fun. Oh, also, also um, side note, watched all of the old Columbo episodes early on in Quar, and so that was a treat. Um, so thank you for recommending that. Did you, um, but the question is, did they, you watch any Mrs. Columbo? <laughs> I haven't yet. I don't know if it's available or maybe oh. I'll have to get the DVD from you or something. Yeah, I can loan you the DVD. <laughs> I mean, they're like, they're not good just to be clear. It's like, well, but oh, yeah. <laughs> it's one of those where you're like, it, I mean, I don't know. I don't dive into the Columbo fan verse. So I don't know if people consider it canon or not, because it doesn't, it doesn't really make sense with the the character of who, I mean, you never saw Mrs. Columbo in the originals, obviously, yeah. but now mm-hmm. it's like, she's an independent lady and she's a reporter. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. it's Kate Mulgrew. So not like, at least say not a spiritual sequel, but kind of an adjacent. Yeah. I don't know what. <laughs> they're just, they're trying to squeeze any, any remaining juice out of the <laughs> juice box. Yeah. They need to get his what his brother-in-law or something. Yeah. I don't know. He's always talking about his brother-in-law. And that dog. I yeah. mean, oh I hey, would, now that's show, but... hey, now we're cooking. <laughs> um, okay, so another good one was Day Trippers, um, uh, nineteen ninety-six, directed by Greg Batola. Um, I this one Criterion, and I've seen it for a while, and I just kept being like, Oh, I know what this is. For some reason, I guess because of Day Trippers, I thought it was like not like about the Beatles, but I thought it was about like the mid sixties. I don't know why. Maybe like leave Schreiber in his outfit. I don't know. Anyways, and it was such a delight, and um, I would definitely recommend that. Yeah, that movie um, is. I watched it when it was on too, and I had remembered watching it on maybe like IFC or something way back, uh-huh. like when IFC had like regular kind of movies and not yeah. like just to be clear. Before we started recording, we were eating dinner, and they had Final Destination on IFC. Like that with commercials, oh, like that's what currently really? is on IFC. And I'm like, huh, when I was younger and, you know, we had cable, it was like, oh, this is where we're going to watch like some, like it basically TV. would, yeah, kind of like mid-range, right? Like a mid-tier yeah. in that genre. Hmm. But Hope Davis is such a treat that it's like. Oh, yeah. Everyone is oh, yeah. Uh, perfection. Um, uh, there was a, oh yes, I guess this might be the, one of the last really good movies. Well, there's a couple. Um, well, there's January Man, um, 1989, just a fun murder mystery kind of comedy with Kevin Klein that I'd never heard of. And it's really fun. Um, I watched She Devil. I can't remember if we mentioned it on the show, if it was just on Instagram, but you brought that uh, to my attention. Again, I kind of thought I knew what it was going to be like. And I was like, oh, no, it's just fun. Um, oh, then uh, Green Card. 1990 directed by Peter Weir. I'm always not sure how to say his name. Um, again, like thought I knew it was going to be the poster is really goofy. And it's like Gerard Depardieu with like Andy McDowell, like <laughs> um, over his shoulder or like, you know what I mean? And yeah. uh, I was like, Oh, this is going to be a dumb rom-com. And because of the director, James and I watched it and it was so good. It's, it's not what you think it's going to be at all. I don't know. Have you seen it? Yeah, but I saw it. I mean, probably like again on tv as a kid so i don't have mm-hmm. any memory of it yeah. watched a bunch of peter weir movies recently because there were like a ton of like oz like not oz but like aussie movies on criterion mm-hmm. and 
then Joel was just looking up. So we were watching a bunch of Peter Weir and then he was looking it up and he's like, did you know that he directed Green Card? And I'm like, whoa, I guess maybe this is due for a reappraisal because I, I really thought, I mean, I never want to guess what I think you'll like. I'm always wrong, but I do <laughs> think it'll hit a lot of, you know, check a lot of boxes for you. Um, for one, Andy McDowell is a horticulturist, horticulturalist and she, um, because of the marriage, like she gets to have this apartment, I guess, because it's one of those apartments where like, the co-op board's like, are you married? Oh, and yeah. she gets this apartment that has like a, I don't know if it'd be called like an arboretum or something. Oh, wait, a, like a is, solarium kind of. Yeah, Actually, solarium. I remember that weirdly from, <laughs> it's like the only thing yeah. I remember. <laughs> Even as a kid. It's a bit, yeah, imprinted on you. And I kept being like, you bitch. <laughs> Getting this am- I mean, the part was amazing. Um, and oh yeah, and B.B. Newworth is like her her bestie. So that was fun. Isn't that a thing too? I read an article, this is like in the before times, but there was an article about how New York is so expensive that a lot of people will like stay living together, even if they're (laughs) broken up because they're like, oh, this apartment is so good. It sounds like a joke from an early 2000s thing, but I think it really is so expensive that it was like a legit lifestyle piece about it. And I've always wondered, because I mean, I don't know if it's a full trope, but like where the, um, was it the INS? Um, and, and this is for white people. So the story is already kind of anyway, but the INS is like visiting them to be like, let's make sure you're really in love. And I'm just like, I guess, does that happen? Cause I've seen it in like some other shows. And so I'm just like, anyway. I, I mean, well, I know that you have to do really intensive interviews. I know this because of yeah. 90 day fiance. So, okay. <laughs> I've never seen <laughs> it. Heard of it. Um, all right. Now let's get into a couple of, head scratchers um well or kind of iffy ones so like windows from 1980 uh directed by famed dp um gordon willis who did like i don't know the godfather and stuff just good 70s stuff and i couldn't believe i had never heard of this movie didn't know he directed a movie and it's got talia shire in it and um i won't get into the plot but like it's definitely should have been directed by de palma i mean like in that like he still should have done the cinematography, but like, I think De Palma would have kind of gotten a little bit more of the, the sexy juiciness of it or whatever. Um, I mean, I say sexy, it's kind of fucked up in some Wait, ways. I, I'm trying to remember if this is the movie that I actually turned off because I was like, no, I won't. Yeah. Like, this. I think there's something there and it could have been fun, but it was just really dicey beyond dicey in places. Um, it's a one big content warning. I yeah, I turned it off. Yeah, yeah, so I was like, mm-hmm. no, I really like Talia Shire. I mean, I fucking loved her in Old yeah. Boyfriends. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah, it. You're right. It's definitely one of those where I was like, oh, this could have been fun if it just it just need a heavy rewrite. But visually interesting. Um, and all right, so let's get into a couple bad <laughs> ones. Um, Out of Blue, 2018 uh patricia clarkson a lot of other good actors in it it'd be a perfect double bill for like with the snowman in that they're very similar in that they both are like i i had a physical headache afterwards like i was like what like nothing made any sense no one should watch it unless they're just gonna like mess it like dm me like oh my god you're right (laughs) what the fuck it's i'm no one's i haven't seen anyone talk about it but it's is it a thriller? It's like a thriller. There's like a murder thing. Um, she's like a police detective or something. And of course, she's going to have like a drinking problem or something too. Yeah. And, you know, she wears a leather jacket. I don't know. I mean, it's bad. It's really terrible. 
And then I'm sorry, I'm ending on the down note on this one, but um, it goes into the horror. No, um, just horrifying um, punchline 1988. Um, it is just a waste of space um, movie with Tom Hanks and Sally Field. And it's about stand up comedians and it fucking sucks. And I fucking hate it. Yes. Have you ever seen it? Yes. I actually watched it and also was like, this makes me angry. Yeah. Like it actually yeah. made me actively pissed. Yeah. Yeah. And I bet any like comedian that watches it is like, what the fuck? <laughs> like Sally Field is like, I'm a housewife and I want to be a comedian. I'm like, great. Yeah. She is not funny one <laughs> time. And she's like, this is my passion. And I'm like, you're not funny on stage. You're not funny <laughs> with your comedian friends. You're not funny at home, even like with your kids. Like, oh, she's nope, nothing. No. It was just okay. Anyway, <laughs> so I think those were like the the highlights and the lowlights. Um pretty much um, besides like a lot of what, well, which I'll get into like a lot of Jallo and uh, hammer studios and just kind of random. I've been watching a lot of different kinds of things. Yeah. Same. Yeah. I did not come prepared with like highlights and lowlights necessarily. I can well, only, extra. <laughs> yeah, I can only um, let's see a test that what, I'm trying to think of like tears we went on. I mentioned the Aussie thing. We like watched a lot of those. I did watch a preponderance of Jackie Chan and Hong Kong action movies. Went through the, one of those phases, um, which they were great. And I completely recommend them. All right. uh, there's a lot on Criterion actually, or at least there were. That's a good like escape. Can definitely recommend that. Um, who the hell knows? I mean, I feel like we both watched so many movies that... <laughs> <laughs> it's just anyway i'll yeah. probably still well, yeah i can talk about movies i've seen in the past month but god damn <laughs> it's just there's a lot yeah well i guess we're mostly here for the you know the spooktacular of it yeah. all so i don't know if you um want to get into that or sure um so these are more just movies i have watched i wouldn't necessarily say all of them are like thumbs up it's a real mixed bag as I mean, yep. and I'll say my bar and you are kind of like this. I know too, for yeah. certain things, but like my bar for a, like a horror or spooky movie that I will watch is pretty low. Like there's mm-hmm. not really a high cost of entry there. I'm like, yeah. oh, this is new on shutter. So overall, <laughs> uh, something that I watched on criterion, although I think it's probably on a ton of things that I'd never seen is Season of the Witch, which is the 1972 mm. George Romero movie. So um, good. It is really not. I mean, so I know when it was first released, they tried to make it kind of like an exploitation movie and it was called Hungry Wives because <laughs> um, it was just like, oh, they're like hungry for hungry for man, you know, and like uh, they're like all witches. But it's not really oh, like I mean, it's I'm including it because it deals with like kind of witchy things but it's not mm. I would I'm sure you'd agree it's not like a horror movie or anything it's more just like a psychological yeah feminist exploration I, of <laughs> I just remember the style so I'm like it's so good I'm like because I just remember like the looks I guess and didn't at one point she has like really like almost like a beehive even though it's oh, early yeah. 70s it's the, definitely like, that rings yeah it's like that highly sculpted so basically I'll I can just summarize it as it's this board I think it's probably the Hamptons or Long Island or some Westchester kind of housewife 
And, you know, it's like a generation of women who are well-to-do, but they, like the sixties missed them. Like it's 1972, but they're, they've already, they basically have teenagers, right? Like they're, Hmm. they missed any of like the liberatory aspects of any kind of sixties counterculture. And maybe they're, so it's like thrilling that one of their little friends is a witch and they can Hmm. do tarot and stuff. So, Hmm. um, very relevant to the way a lot of people self-style these days. Um, Mm. So there's some really, it's funny you talk about the looks because the clothes are so amazing. And then the makeup is also crazy because it's just like, it's like blue eyeshadow, solid blue eyeshadow, like no contouring. From eyebrows. Eyebrow, yeah. To like, lash line. um, And out to like, yeah. Yeah, just like full on. And it's, it's cool too because well it's funny because Joel said something about how everyone in the movie or everyone in 70s movies usually looks like shit which is true like in their faces because they're smoking <laughs> and they have terrible diets I mean we've seen the food yeah. in all 70s and we've seen you know that Twitter account 70s dinner party like the food is bad Ooh. you're smoking indoors it's like not it's not good but also I think you know people who were acting in movies then weren't getting all like the extensions and the fillers and they didn't have like specific makeup artists that were doing their mm-hmm. makeup. Like the way that we see people now, it's not mm-hmm. really real either. Um, mm-hmm. So it's kind of funny that they're all just like, they look a little haggard and yeah, a little wild. Um, but yeah, it was really interesting. I noticed that uh, Nancy Romero produced it. It's shockingly, I mean, you know, George Romero's cool, but for a, like one of his movies from the seventies, it's really surprisingly feminist in terms of how it explores like a women. It's like that kind of, I mean, it's like a feminine mystique kind of thing, but there's also an aspect where it's like a woman sort of grappling with like male domination and like, kind of like a threat of like male violence. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's, it's really silly. I mean, it's like a silly horror movie, but once I watched that, I was like, oh, so this is what inspired the love witch as far as I can oh, tell. Like, it's yes, basically definitely. just like a straight at homage, would you say? I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> um, don't think I would have, I mean, you know, and I, like, I liked the love witch a lot when I saw it and it looked cool, but I feel like if I had seen this first, I'd have been like, oh, yeah this and all like hammer studios and then a heavy splash of jallo definitely for love witch yeah so um yeah so that's one but it's it's fun and interesting and honestly it's one of the few 70s horror movies i've watched where a woman is not punished for her sexuality or power so i feel like that's a that's a breath of fresh air because i'm probably the <laughs> most of the rest of these ding dong oh, movies boy. Ooh, i watched some some giallo that i watched i was just like well you take out the rape in that there's no movie yeah. so cool all right sorry just, totally yeah um I, should i keep going yeah, or yeah. should i or yeah. just we'll just I, I whatever spoke for, i spoke for so long <laughs> yeah i would just, <laughs> just want to hear your voice um let's see if I can do a counterpoint to that oh yeah sure okay so counterpoint would be I finally watched this is one that a lot of people have seen but I had never seen Shivers I'm not like a Cronenberg super Mm. fan Mm -hmm. and again that was on in like the Criterion you know it's like Criterion approved um yeah horror and it's I mean I appreciate it because it's very Canadian because it takes place on this particular island like high-rise development um Mm -hmm. In an island in the river uh, outside of Montreal and so it's like that kind of 70s 70s like I don't even know it's like this baroque design era where everything is yeah. just like very um 
saturated color wise and it's just like obscene kind of catered to luxury I guess it's the way how there's condos now where they're like and there's a rock climbing wall and you're like who the fuck wants that but that's kind of how the shivers condo building is okay is Um, it like Columbo-esque sorry I keep going back to Columbo I'm just saying like (laughs) I'm I'm going there for the interiors a lot of the times and I'm like you know yeah I think a lot of that is like this overwrought kind of cheap luxury in a way I don't know I think that's that's a good way to describe it I mean Maybe more modern. I can't really remember. A little bit, but it's it's definitely that same like interesting carpeting and um, lots of high necked designs, but then also lots of tits. So the <laughs> the premise of the movie is that a bunch of people in this high rise luxury condo are infected with this. Um, it's basically like an STD that makes them hmm. want to like fuck and also <laughs> like kind of like eat. I'm trying to remember if they're like they're like I mean so by by the way Cronenberg is really bad at this but like sex and rape are like very conflated in that um Mm -hmm. in the movie and then they are I mean there is an aspect where they're like chewing up people or some damn thing attacking them but now I'm like (laughs) yeah "Hmm, that sounds wrong but it's oh that's like every movie I'm going to talk about I'm like I think this is what happens or this is what I remember so if I'm wrong sorry yeah uh same so yeah, but it's basically just this STD running through this um, condo building, and they're all just menacing each other, and <laughs> it's very silly. Um, you're mostly watching it for kind of the. It's definitely like body horror because there is like they are attacking each other. Gosh, I just can't remember. I'm like I can remember like the look of like the apartments. Well, and I don't even think if I'm thinking of, I think I saw that, sorry to sound so, I think I saw that when I had food poisoning in Iceland one time and I thought I was going to die. So I saw it at a really weird, like literally like the lowest point of my life probably. And um, so, yeah, I need to watch it again is what I'm saying. Cause yeah. I'm like, I don't know. It probably seemed pretty nightmarish for me. Yeah. I mean, it's not like good, I wouldn't think, but it's, you know, available Yeah, if you're like a Cronenberg completist it's that sort of I mean there's not too many entries in the Canadian horror genre right I don't know I feel like I've heard the words like Canadian horror like it's a thing and all I can think of is him and like and like the Pontypool guy well there's also oh shit we watched a movie that was actually really great that may have been a horror movie and it was like someone who was like an early collaborator of the kids in the hall people so it was really funny Mm. but I actually don't remember it at all and I'm not gonna be able to find it so if you care you can DM us (laughs) and maybe I'll try to figure it out oh wait I can I can connect this because I did watch um talk about a low bar for entry I watched (laughs) a ginger snaps which I think you had seen I wanted like, to like that. I just I could did not. not. It, it didn't work for me. Let's see. 2000. The director is John Fawcett. And it gets, okay, let me just say that it gets really well reviewed in like horror sites and letterbox. Yeah. And I'm like, am Why? I missing something? Yeah. So basically it's two sisters and they live in this sort of development. I don't actually know what town. It, I mean, it seems like it might be Ontario or one of those like middle provinces. And they're you know outcasts and then one of them I don't think it's a spoiler it's like most of the movie one of them gets bitten by a werewolf and she starts turning into a werewolf and then they're trying to like figure out what to do about it they're very like I don't even know how to like they're very morbid teens like those kind of teens that like to take photos of themselves as like 
Well, they have crime scene kind of death photos, but oh shit. Um, you know, it's like the very macabre. I don't know if they're like Marilyn Manson fans or whatever. It sounds like the teens that like parents were really scared of in the like 90s, 80s, 90s. Yeah. But you're like, those people don't exist. And like, oh well, maybe they do. (laughs) Where you hear about them on Dateline, like, and they killed their best friend. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, I know what you mean, where you're like, that's a, it sounds like it would be on that podcast you're wrong about, which I love, but they're like, oh, that was a completely satanic panic, yeah. like moral panic type yeah. thing. And then this movie is like, they were real and they lived in Calgary or. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of Slender Man shit. Anyway. Yeah. Slender Man. Oh, yeah. And um, I mean, I'll be clear. It's not, this movie isn't that, but it's, it's very like 2000 feeling. The first half is sort of interesting, but there are better young teenage werewolf movies. I don't mean <laughs> Teen Wolf. Yeah. <laughs> Although that's probably better too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, technically kind of is. Yeah. I mean, well, you know what I mean? Story-wise. Yeah. And I do um, think that it spawned like a whole series when I was trying to look it up. There's there's okay. sequels. So I guess enough people liked it. You know, and, and actually that's something I was going to get into is... Um, I was always kind of unintentionally snobbish about sequels and horror movies because I was thinking about like Friday the 13th kind of stuff and how that sucks. And then James brought it to my attention that like sometimes with um, lesser known horror um, movies that have sequels, sometimes those sequels are just like, hey, I'm a dude. I want to make a movie that's kind of like, you know, uh, like Prom Night 2 is like so much better than Prom Night. You know, anyways, we just watched Prom Night and it was meh. Anyway, so like I've kind of started watching um, the sequels of stuff, not even necessarily seeing the original. And I'm like, because sometimes they're just a fun movie. I'm like, oh, this probably has nothing to do with the first one. Like today, or it was like last night, I started um, Return of the Living Dead 3. And I've seen Return of the Living Dead and it's great. And this probably, I mean, it's very loosely connected. But anyway, but it's like, it's fun. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah, we, it's funny because another movie I watched, I think it's on my list here, was Demons 2, which actually is made by the same filmmaker as the first Demons. I think it came out like a year later. It's by Lamberto Bava. So clearly there's, I'm sure there's a relation. I didn't actually yeah, check son, it. Yes, nephew. Yeah, <laughs> one of those. Um, the first Demons is what, a film, like a movie theater, I think, in mm. West Berlin. Not- and the I was going to say, it's actually on my watch list here that I was going to mention later. So, oh, okay. Well, I too much. <laughs> yeah. And I will say these are pretty unrelated. So, Demons 2 is it takes place again in a high rise apartment building. So, that's oh. a similarity with Shivers, but it's actually more fun. And it's, um, yeah, basically, people in the apartments are watching different scenes from the first Demons. And then it like hmm. it comes on, it comes on in. Um, so, it's, there's some great, music scenes where there are these sort of yuppies having a party dancing to this sort of new wave music and there's a truly frightening sequence with a little like a child demon that it's I mean not like Chucky style but like a little bit yeah Uh, so it's a fun it's a one of those fun 80s horror movies and I think it's even on Tubi so okay probably so I've got a great segue um speaking of unrelated sequels and as far as like being kind of meta and like maybe going through the looking glass or whatever, I'm not sure if that's 
technically what you're talking about, but um, the movie 976 Evil 2, which is a very confusing title, but um, I haven't seen the first one. And they're both on Prime, I believe. And I don't know why James and I were like, let's start with the second one and just see what's up. Um, And so the movie itself is just kind of like, eh, you know, it's good. It's fun. It's fine. Um, But there's a scene um, at one point, the main gal's like best friend is like watching movies. Like they're trying to decide between um, It's a Wonderful Life and Night of the Living Dead. Um, yeah, Night of the Living Dead. That's the Romero one, right? Because earlier I said Return of the Living Dead. I'm trying to make sure. I'm, okay, yeah. And so, and because they're both public domain. And so I'm sure like the director was like, oh, this would be great. I'll be able to actually show them. So they're flipping between and then the main girl goes away and then it's just the best friend. And she just gets like sucked into the TV and she's stuck in like, I don't know even how, how to describe this. And I can't believe I've never seen this scene referenced. Um, but she's like in the movie, It's a Wonderful Life. And like, so it's one of those where they did a George Zemeckis, is that his name? Robert Zemeckis, whatever. A, a Zemeckis kind of thing where she is like in the scene in the backdrop at the end when they're like, you know, oh, hey, everything worked out and here's all the townspeople. And then they all turn on her and they have Night of the Living Dead, like zombie faces and they go after her. And so, you know, it's in black and white and it's just like the merging of these two movies and then the fact that she's in it and it's like really well done as far as the effects. Anyway, it blew my mind. I was like, I've never heard of this. I've been thinking about it. I mean, every couple of days I'll, I'll think about this. because ah. That is so good. Anyway, so worth the price of admission, I'd say. Yeah. Um, a fun one. I thought, I think you would like Paganini Horror 1989. Um, so it's an all girl rock band. Um, they buy a previously unknown composition by Paganini from uh, Donald Pleasance. He's like a crazy old, I don't know, he's got a briefcase with music in it and they buy this, like, here's this like unknown piece of music of his and they're like, we need a hit song. And um, so they uh, like are shooting a music video for that song. Well, they like write a song, I guess, around it. It just kind of sounds like a Bon Jovi song, honestly, but whatever. <laughs> um, like to like, it really does. Like they pretty much copied it anyway. And so they're filming this music video in this like haunted villa and things go awry, but it's like, I like, I was like, it's like later Jallo. It's got like an all girl rock band. It's got Donald Pleasance. So it is, it's perfection. I think it's on like prime, maybe to be, you know, so it's around for free. Another one that's a head scratcher, but like a lot of it was really fun was blood beat. Um, 19, 83 um basically like a young woman uh goes to a rural cabin to meet her boyfriend's parents and like adult siblings and they're just gonna like have christmas together or something so um because of the casting um of the mom i just kind of assumed um there was like an implication that she was like possibly native american um not sure of the tribal affiliation but i kind of thought that was gonna play a part is like it seemed like she had Uh, more like supernatural powers but you know there was something going on there and something spooky with a girlfriend and i thought okay this is gonna play a part you know and um and instead the girlfriend is like fucking shit up but then she turns into um a japanese samurai warrior and is all like shooting electricity and shit out of her fingers and and then you kind of figure out some people in the family are like i don't know whatever you call psychokinesis i don't know whatever they've got some supernatural powers and i'm like I do not, there was nothing to do. It wasn't like, oh, hey, I've been to Japan or I study <laughs> Japanese, whatever, any, nothing. It just came out of the blue. And I was like, okay, 
<laughs> but it like you know how like 80s 90s horror is like uh, okay so it's yeah. something it's like a neon maniacs you're like why <laughs> i don't know but it's something um and oh, i was gonna say in speaking of like aussie stuff um, i don't know if you ever heard of razorback from 1984 hmm. um mm. but basically um and this is another kind of a subgenre of horror like we we're talking about that we kind of been drawn to i i do like like sometimes i'm really in the mood for like um like slime and goo and sometimes i'm into like critters and sometimes i want like a big like a hairy beast or something so this is a big hairy beast it's like a giant <laughs> boar razorback um and it's just going hog wild God. anyways it's going after people it's killing a bunch of people it's shot really well and it's actually like a good movie like hmm. it sounds like it should be terrible but it's it's kind of like like tremors i don't know if you've seen tremors yeah, yeah. Where you're like, oh it's actually like kind of a good movie in a way anyway so it really does work and um i think it's like two bucks on youtube it might be around somewhere else but would highly recommend it there was an australian movie that i watched Ooh, let's see what's it called that it's more of a yeah i mean it's a horror movie uh patrick from 1978 let me see who directed it it wasn't good i wouldn't recommend it (laughs) directed by richard franklin did he do anything else Eh. visitors i think i've heard of that anyway Hmm. uh basically this speaking of it's like oh telekinesis but what's going on it's this guy (laughs) that kills his mother and her boyfriend telekinetically and then he's in a coma but his eyes are open and then it's one of those inpatient psychiatric hospitals where he's just kept in this or not even psychiatric well just sort of one of those convalescent homes yeah (laughs) and it's become clear that he has his care he requires round-the-clock care and he's a ward of the state and so he just cycles through nurses and this nurse that's recently divorced comes and takes care of him and then it just turns into this incel story where somehow he's an incel who then terrorizes her telekinetically (laughs) i'm just like can we ever it's interesting that we just think of it as such a recent phenomenon but there's so many things especially in this podcast we found so many movies where you're like oh that's this is already that character type this person this is a type (laughs) uh and you know it's pretty clear that it's not just because he's in a coma. Like he would be a dick no matter what, you know, mm-hmm. uh, wouldn't recommend Patrick <laughs> at all as a movie. There are some fabulous interiors I'll say, mm-hmm. but I don't really think that's, I mean, you could just look it up on Tumblr and maybe someone <laughs> has like yeah, yeah. Aussie seventies film interiors. <laughs> yeah. That's probably yeah. a Tumblr. That's yeah. already I bet it is. It should be. So that is, was a, that was a thumbs down for me. Yeah. Uh, oh, a movie that I watched. I, maybe you've seen this. So Stuart Gordon directed Reanimator. Mm-hmm. And we watched a movie of his from 1987 called Dolls. It's I've so I've seen that, fun. but I honestly can't remember anything about it. I want to rewatch. Tell me about it. <laughs> okay. So it's a really cute little girl and her parents. They're American and they're on holiday in England. And the dad and stepmom are basically just monsters. They're just rich dicks. Yeah. <laughs> and their car goes off the road and they have to find shelter from this storm and they come upon this big spooky house. Ooh, I love it. <laughs> and the people in the house are a an eccentric old doll maker and his wife who are very mm. elderly. And I mean, when I say doll maker, this house is 
chock full of dolls, just a real wall dolls. <laughs> wall dolls. And you can tell from the very beginning that the girl is quite safe. Like you can just tell from the dynamic. So I hate children in danger. Like that makes me too anxious, mm. but it's just like, oh, the dolls really like you. And she's like, I love the dolls. And the parents are already dicks. And you can tell the doll makers like, hmm, we'll see about that. Yeah. <laughs> and then you end up with this other sort of hapless American figure. I can't remember the actor's name. He'd be a little familiar to you. And he's picked up these two like punk British girl hitchhikers Mm. so he's really into the toys and the dolls and he's really nice but then this the two hitchhikers you know they're punk so they're trying to rip off the joint and then it turns out that the dolls can tell if you don't like them and they (laughs) come alive and take revenge on you so it is (laughs) it's pretty much just like toys are cool and grown-ups drool and you better be not it's like Toy Story from Hell. Yeah, Toys yeah, are alive. Dolls, bitch. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, so it is. Uh, it was honestly so fun. Like, and there really wasn't anything that I would object to, and it's so rare. Mm-hmm. Um, Ooh. <laughs> I know, but it was just a. I mean, I love seeing asshole grown-ups be terrorized by tiny dolls wielding knives and various yeah. things and cackling I mean dolls are pretty scary so it, it does scratch mm-hmm. that itch for me like I've always I've never mm-hmm. you know you see a bunch of those porcelain face dolls on a wall and you think what's going on here I watched puppet master thinking oh this is gonna be great and like doll killer dolls but it was honestly a snooze oh. there wasn't enough mm-hmm. doll action for me so maybe I need to revisit dolls I yeah I I feel like there's there's plenty of the dolls get get right to it pretty quickly. So I think that's a plus. We figured out this was a while ago, but for some reason, I'm not going to get into academic libraries and how you have to like buy packages of electronic journals and databases. It's a whole damn thing. Anyway, so often you have to subscribe to these journals for your users, right? Like your students. And Mm -hmm. as part of that, it's usually like they're bundled. So it's kind of like with cable, it's all a ripoff where they're like, well, if you want, you know, all of these science journals, you also have to pay for all these other types of journals. And one of the genres of journals that come with one of our vendor subscriptions at work are all these like doll fancier (laughs) journals. And it is doll magazines. It's it's really funny. I, I, Oh my God. I was actually, it was on a completely different search and I turned it up and I was like, do we have access to this? This is so strange. And it's, it's not, it's like a doll industry, like doll maker magazine. And then for doll fanciers with all these ads for all these. Ringlet curl quarterly or something. I mean, pretty much. Porcelain monthly. It's just like, wow, that's, I, I'm intrigued by that industry. I, it's interesting that it's also in like electronic databases. I would think it's something that people get as physical catalogs in their mailbox because uh, you're gonna want the physical that you know you gotta have that feeling in your hand yeah. of like I'm so so much closer to a doll if I you know <laughs> yeah. I don't know anyway it's it wasn't even like doll it was like doll wigs and all the doll parts <laughs> not as a whole that reference but like a- its own horror movie is just <laughs> I don't know a guy that like makes or like trades in doll doll parts and of course then you gotta have that isn't there a whole song yeah yeah okay heavily featured heavily featured (laughs) uh so that's it that's one 
I'm going kind of adjacent as far as like libraries and books. Hmm. Um, I've seen it called I Madman and then just Madman. Um, 1989. It's the guy that directed um, The Gate, which I recommended like 50 years ago, whatever our first episode. Um, I think his name is Tibor Tok. And so it, uh, I do love like any horror. I mean, I love when horror movies are specific and like specific worlds, like we've talked about, you know, like, so like when it's in the art world or whatever. And so this is like in the world of literature kind of. Um, so there's like this young bookseller woman and she um, is a big fan of this certain author and she's reading one of his books and she's like convinced that the deranged villain in the book, her neighbor and, and someone she works with, and uh, and it's one of those like it's so close to being fantastic, but it's just doesn't quite cut it. So anyway, that's all. It's kind of a middle of the road. We're like, I mean, I wouldn't say don't watch it, but it's you know, it doesn't deliver maybe, but it's still mm. kind of fun. I don't know. I feel like that's how like we like all this horror that we're talking about. We're like, I mean, it's good, but it's not. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're not. Just to be clear, we're not a horror podcast, so we're not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, but a movie that I watched that I would legitimately say was the scariest movie that I've seen, at least in a few years, is the movie Noroi, also known as The Curse. It's mm-hmm. a Japanese movie from 2005, directed by Koji Shiraishi. And it is a fictional movie, but it's sort of pieced together like a found footage. It kind of sounds like, based on your expression, I think you've seen it. No, no, I, oh. but I did see it um, on, I guess I could go ahead and say, I have made like a letterboxed list of like 500 like uh, deep cut horror films that I want to see. If you want to look it up on Letterboxd, it's just literally called like deep cuts, horror watch lists, really imaginative. Anyway, so it's like when I looked at them by like best, like highest rated, it was like in the top five. So I was like, oh yeah, I just saw that. So that was- Oh yeah, (laughs) it is so good. So basically this filmmaker is looking to figure out the- there's a few sort of strange occurrences that happen with this telekinetic girl and this guy who's a psychic and this sort of experience that this um, actress has on a TV show where they take, she goes along. She's like, Oh, I've got kind of a spooky sixth sense. And they take her to this shrine that's supposedly haunted. And then she ends up basically sort of haunted and has this crazy experience. And so this filmmaker is trying to get to the bottom of it. And so there's a lot of, there's him and his, you know, there's him and his cameraman kind of filming. And then there's also a footage that he's pieced together from different things. There's twists and turns. And it's honestly so scary. It's so, Ooh. usually found footage. I'm like, eh, it's not yeah. good. But the way this was done and the narrative and even the effects that they do use it's really minimal with actual special effects it's mostly just deeply deeply frightening Mm, and uh i it was definitely the scariest movie like i said that i've seen in a few years so if you're looking for a real thrill and chill then neroy would Mm be my probably top recommendation where you're like i am not just trying to have a good time it's like i want to be yeah (laughs) scared the shit out of me Um, it, where's that available or I think it's on Shutter, maybe Amazon Prime and probably a couple yeah. other places I think yeah. you know like you said it's really I think horror people like it a lot and I can mm-hmm. see why 
because uh, we also watched rewatched The Grudge recently, and I was like, why did I think this was scary when I saw it? It's really not frightening at all. It's like <laughs> this not. cute little boy with like blue face paint. I don't know. Oh, really? All right. I mean, it's it's good, but yeah, it was a time and a place. You yeah. know, the ring and that, and yeah, but this one, you know, considering it was came out in two thousand five, it's like wow, this is legitimately so scary. Okay. I've got one that I saw. I did a trial on Shutter, and I might go back to it. It was just like kind of trying it out, seeing what they had. And it was called, I don't know, I'm sure it's like Luz, but it's like, it looks like Luz, L-U-Z, mm-hmm. uh, from 2018. And I think it's actually on Crackle uh, right now for free. But it is basically like a German sci-fi horror movie. And it's like a, a woman taxi driver recounts this mysterious incident. Um to like so she's like at the police station but it's like a conference room or something there's like a lot of chairs and so she's reenacting it and there's like these interpreters and i think the interpreter is like i don't want to interpret like these words she's saying like certain words she's like um quoting are like a curse or something or they're like the magic word i don't know how to describe it and so i was like well that's interesting right there anyway and so this whole room like pretty much all the action happens in this room as she's recounting it and it's kind of going back to the uh, the real event and some of it's just her re- reenacting like pretending she's driving a car and I swear it sounds goofy but it's so effective in the room like kind of it's not that the room changes but like they you know suddenly there's like all this like smoke machine stuff or different lights and so it's really interesting how like with a low budget movie how they're able to like really transform the space and um so yeah i would uh, i would definitely recommend that um it's hard for me to be impressed i think by um like a modern horror movie i yeah. mean i don't know i'm just I, my standards are i don't know pretty i don't know high is the word but you know i don't know anyway and um I, like ari Aster, no thanks anyway yeah. um but yeah so it was it was definitely worth a watch and uh yeah so i, I want to go back to shutter you're making me want to start it up again you know especially just for this season i think there's a lot of a lot of a lot of treats yeah. on there oh, yeah. uh, but I'm with you that in general I'm like eh, you know anything if it's more recent than 2010 I'm like hmm we'll see about that yeah I'm a little sus uh let's see do I have anything else oh one thing that we've been watching so I'm in my I have a canopy movie club with some friends and that's where I've been getting out all my uh, takes mm-hmm. but we really we pick a movie that's on canopy every week and then we talk about it and for October we're doing spookier movies um but we're kind of in a range of horror tolerance so uh we this past week we watched a couple of the different BBC ghost stories that are kind of a tradition that they had for Christmas so the BBC had this ghost story for Christmas series that was from like the, I think there was one in the late 60s, but then it was like 70s to like early 80s. And it would just be kind of based on short stories and ghost stories. And it was more about suggestion and kind of an eerie vibe than it was mm-hmm. like a slashery kind of mm-hmm. movie. But uh, we watched Whistle and I'll Come to You, which is a 68 one. And that one is if you want just the mildest, the mildest, <laughs> sleepiest ghost story in the world. I like that, you know, yeah. into it. Uh, that one, like a couple of people really liked. So, you know, I thought I was maybe I'm just a little too. It's almost like when you eat too much, you're used to too much hot sauce and then you have something. Yeah. You're like, there's no flavor. Like there's like yeah. zero chills in this one. <laughs> I could just it was funny watching it because I could tell Joel was so bored like he was just like slumped <laughs> down like is this all this guy's gonna do but it's like a 
a sort of absent-minded professor takes a holiday to the coast in England somewhere and he grave robs basically. So that's a bad Mm. decision. And he steals this whistle from this old grave. And then obviously is like haunted. You know, all these uh, BBC stories are between most of them between 30 minutes and an hour. So they're kind of short. So if you want something, that's like a fun, you know, just like a little short watch. The one that I really liked was a stigma from 1977. So it was directed by Lawrence Gordon Clark, which is, the person who directed a lot of the sort of BBC ghost stories. And it's basically this well, pretty well-to-do couple in the countryside has a garden that abuts one of those. Um, I don't know. Where's Hannah? Hannah would know what to call it. It's like a big sort of stone circle, you know, like Stonehenge, but there's a ton of them. It's some it sort of hinge. Yeah. hinge of some sort. And they have, you know, one of those very suburban gardens and they want to have, there's a stone that's sort of laid down and they're like, oh, well, we need to have a tractor remove this thing so we can have our beautiful lawn. Mm -hmm. And then it gets removed. And obviously that was a bad decision. So there's a really, it's, it's all, it's almost like, it is kind of like folk horror because it's just got that creepy vibe and it's got that sort of, oh, you don't want to disturb what the, the, the old ways. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and there's a really effective sort of studio. I don't even know how they manage it. Maybe it's like a practical effect where there's like blood that's seeping through skin that just gets kind of pushed through without a wound. Ooh, and it's, yeah, it's very scary. <laughs> it <is>. <laughs> <laughs> it's very effective. So stigma, that one I'd recommend. And there's actually a ton, um, even BFI, the British Film Institute has a list of all the ghost stories and you can find most of them on YouTube. So that's something that we've been working our way through works for Halloween or Christmas, you know, depending on your spook level. But there's also, there's a couple that are actually full length um, in there, like stone tapes and mm, I I won't remember offhand, but there are some, um, there's a a warning to the curious. That's like one about an archeologist. So it's kind of just like, there's that, theme in some British horror that's like don't disturb the ancient ways uh that I appreciate yeah totally I'm trying to think if it was like Daphne on Frasier that said like oh there's nothing we Brits more like than a grizzly murder and a nice cup of tea and I'm like ooh, that sounds (laughs) nice anyway well I think my last few notes were just um Obviously, I love the movie Trick or Treat, um, so I'm always looking for like a heavy metal horror thing, and so um, I, I watched this one a while back, and I think I remember it being pretty fun, I mean, kind of goofy, and I don't know, but um, Black Roses, 1988, so that's in that vibe if you are looking for that, and I think the only other like random thing is I just found out that Debbie Harry, when she released her debut solo album, uh, I guess like Cuckoo uh, from 1981 that is it HR Geiger or Geiger? I've heard both. I always hear Geiger, but okay. I think with um, German, when isn't it usually the second vowel that it, that you pronounce? So if it's E I or is it, I don't know if it's just I or if it's I E honestly. I okay. Well, the guy that did, made the alien creature. Um, so did, you know, like the kind of whole like, kind of Lovecraftian artwork, HR, whatever I say, the nerds will hate me. So anyway, HRG, um, he <laughs> not only did the cover art for that album, 
but he directed or like did, I don't know if you call it the art direction or the costume or the whole set piece for the music video um, that she did for that. Like, I don't know if it's like the single, but basically, and the song is called uh, now I know, you know, and I've never seen this look from her. I've never heard of this song or seen any uh, stills from it, but basically it's like a goth Kate Bush video, like her voice and everything. And I, I don't, anyways, it just like, it floored me that I'd never heard of this combo. And I love these like unexpected collaborations. So look for that video. It's kind of like a low res um, transfer, but now I know, you know, from Debbie Harry on YouTube, because it's just like a five minute, you know, music video. And anyway, yeah, that's all. It's just a good little Halloween treat to put in the background or just get you in the mood. So yeah. Yeah. Halloween, like a Halloween music video playlist. That would that's something that's someone should one. make. I mean, probably that's probably exists on YouTube, right? Who knows? Absolutely, yeah. But I think that's all I got pretty much. Um, yeah, uh, you can check out my letterboxed. Oh yeah, sorry. I've I'm still on movie, but I did kind of make the move to letterbox a little bit. And I've got like my, my big old deep cuts horror watch list on there. These are just things I like think look interesting. So they could all suck. But anyway, <laughs> um, things I've, just, I've gleaned from other lists. Um, just uh, anyway. So I've got that um, if you want deeper cuts still. And um, I don't know. Yeah, that's pretty much it for me, I think. Yeah, I don't have. There's no way to contact or interact with me unless yeah. you already can. And, yeah. <laughs> so that's that's that on that. But <laughs> you can DM us. There's yeah. a chance I might uh might be two weeks behind, yeah. but I might, right. I might We both it's manage long. multiple social accounts <laughs> for various yeah. things. So it's like yeah. haven't logged into that in <laughs> yeah. the Twitter. I'm like, is it does I it's still there yeah. on my <laughs> my dashboard yeah it's funny to be like in a way you feel like oh I've got free time or I'm always home or whatever or at least I do and then I'm like but somehow I'm always busy and never yeah you know come on exactly but I'm busy watching these spooky films I mean pretty much I definitely I also use Letterboxd but it's it's not I don't use it in any way socially it's just to catalog the way that I if I mm-hmm. see something, I put it there. It's kind of like how yeah. I've always used Goodreads where it's like, oh, I'll put that on my like to read. Mm-hmm. And then if I've yeah. read it, then I like, I say, oh, I have watched this. And it's basically Archive just, it's it to put it in that spot. Yeah. So it's not in the memory palace to be like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, wait, I watched this and I said it was two stars. So I yeah. don't think I need to give it another. <laughs> but then some things I look back, I'm like, why did I give, I don't know, I'm trying to think of an example. I don't know. Why did I give this movie like four and a half stars? Because it sucks. Yeah, well, I think that happens. I've noticed that that's like a tendency, not, I don't think with either of us, but every time I look up, if there's something new and someone's recommended, I'm like, we'll see about that. I don't like anything from the last 10 years. And then I'll look and people are like five stars. And I'm like, really? This sort of like yeah. middling Netflix movie gets five stars. Have, we, have <laughs> like you take seen the water, <laughs> take a yeah. nap and then come back to it? Well, um, I think that about does it, right? Yeah, I think hopefully we've that's we're alive, which is a <laughs> yeah. good accomplishment yep. these days. Uh, and we're still watching movies. So, yeah. well, um, well, I guess we'll just uh We'll see you when we see you. Yeah. Everyone. (laughs) My family, we say, see you Saturday. So, (laughs) okay. We'll see you on some Saturday at some point. 